Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognar, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, old me Grognard here, hope you're all doing well, it's a nice day. When to describe, when not to describe. Let's talk about that after this. All right. I just saw a very, very interesting uh, video on YouTube from The Alexandrian about when to talk and when to shut up as a GM. And, you know, over-describing and ad-libbing and all that kind of stuff. Very interesting. I thought I'd do my take on it. Now, when you have players who are going through a dungeon or whatever encounter it is, and you, ha- they come into some place different. And you have to describe it. Okay, you may be dealing with your own written stuff for the adventure, or you're dealing with a module. Now, when you when you do that, you've got to understand the flow of information. It there has to be a constant flow of information from the play from the GM to the players and. Questions from the players to the GM. That's the way the give and take goes. But you've got to learn how to pace it, how to how to ration it. You have to ration it on your part because it's it's even worse if you have a module with with box text because people can get very droning about talking about the box text, and next thing you know, the players are yawning, they're looking at their phones, and all this other stuff that they're not supposed to do. So. You've got to learn to ration that. And he gives good examples in there. He ta- he calls them, he, he says you should ration it to like so many reaction points. What reaction points are, are calls, basically calls to action to the players. He uses an example of a room, you come in and there's, there's five slaver and goblins in there. And he, he has, you know, the GM says the five goblins are in there and such and such. And all the players here are, there's five goblins in this room. We got to deal with it. Well, you tell what you, what you do is you you describe that last, and you they open the room. Looks like a looks like a kitchen. It's a very well appointed kitchen, and there's five slavering goblins just trying to eat some stuff off the shelves. Okay, boom, roll for initiative. All right, fine. But you don't go on after you talk about the goblins. You don't say, well, there's a, there's a big old kettle in the fireplace over here and a chopping block, this and that and the other. You save those because you have an immediate, they have an immediate situation they're going to, they're have, going to have to deal with. Now, when I say ration the descriptions, what I mean is as the, as the encounter goes on, as they're doing their I hit him or roll for initiative or whatever, you you keep describing, but you kind of it's kind of like you put it in the little nooks and crannies between uh, turns, you know, between actions, things like that, depending on where the characters are. This this can work in theater of the mind, but it works a little better on a map where you can draw it. In fact, as you draw it, you can draw the okay. Here's the the kitchen. Here's a door here and. You and just put out five goblins there. Boom, they're gone. Now, what you do as you continue to do this in- encounter is like if somebody's fighting a goblin over near the fireplace, okay? 
Oh, the goblin takes a swing at you. You roll. Oh, you hit. Okay, you do X amount of damage, and you just slaughtered him. He fell right back into the big kettle. His head fell right back into the big kettle that was cooking cooking on the on the fire there with smoke billowing out. And you know, and just to add a little bit a little bit more description, what's going on in that part of the room? Okay, maybe you got another guy fighting a, a goblin over here on the the butcher table. Okay, and they will ask you questions too. What's I, I always do as a player. It's like when I'm fighting, I say, what's around me? What what what's going on? That's when you give them the description. That's when you start going, hmm, okay, the goblin is over here. He takes a he starts to take swing at you with his club, he misses. Oh, by the way, you notice that, and I'm not going to do rolls for this kind of stuff, because in the heat of battle, you're going to, you know, it's just going to be there. I mean, yeah, there are two, what I'm saying is you're not going to be looking, they're not going to be looking for subtle clues and things like that, like, like blood on the table or something like that, but they will notice a great big old hatchet in the middle of the table. And you notice there's a hatchet sticking out of the table. And what are they going to do? I grab the hatchet. I swing with my sword, and I just grab the hatchet. And tr- it, in case they, like, say, say they're, they roll a one and their weapon goes flying, he'll grab the hatchet and use it. So that's the kind of thing you got to do as far as description goes. Just piece it out as they're going. Once, all, once the encounter's over, they can investigate the room if they can. Who knows? Maybe some other goblins from down the hall are going to come come along in the middle of the fight and assist them. So there's more goblins they have to take care of. So, you know, these are all the things that you, you're th- <laughs> my brain is feverishly thinking about while I'm running the game. And so that's that's the time, you know, they can ask more questions like, uh, what's on the sto- what's cooking on the stove? Is there another exit in this place? This, that, and the other thing. Okay, so this is one of the, one of the main reasons I I advocate doing bullet points for descri- for room descriptions or area descriptions because you can put down, you know, the size of the room, what it is, and if there's any, you know, features that the room may have that you might want to tell your players about, put those put those and those you use either during battle or after battle. But to me, I would just go into the battle saying Okay, you kick open the door. Looks like a kitchen. There's five goblins doing stuff. What are you going to do? Because, you know, after you say goblins, they're not going to hear any other description of the room at all, unless they ask questions. And I don't see players asking questions at this point in time. But, you know, when I say that, you never know. You're always going to get that one guy. Um, uh, what, what are kind of the curtains are on the window? What window? Oh, there's no windows? Roll for initiative, will ya? And you know, just that's the kind of thing you have to do. You gotta you gotta that's all part of GM pacing. That's all part of game pacing. You do let them ask questions, and remember, you let them take the lead. You set up the situation and you let them take the lead. There's a there's a story about um a story about Walt Disney. And in the in the you know back when he was around the 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 nine old man and all that kind of stuff, he would assign a director, an animator, or whatever to this to this sequence in a film. 
but he would also have another one working on the sequence at the same time, maybe working one, one guy's doing one character, one guy's doing another. And he would do this. He would, he, he, I don't think he did this, you know, maliciously or anything like that, but he put people in situations where they're going to have to figure out how they're going to work this. But he didn't take it away from, I mean, he didn't, he didn't jump in. Basically, as a boss, he didn't jump in and say, I think you should do this and do this. What he'd do is he'd stab back and he'd go, oh, man, I can hardly wait to see how this guy's going to handle it. Like giving one animator uh, a really tough assignment. He's going to you know, do this. And it's like, all right, let's see what he does. You know? And like I said, it's not malicious. It would make the film better. And it make the people better. So that's the whole thing. There's the old adage that, you know, when I get when I get kind of depressed and think I'm not worth anything, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm suicidal because I cannot I cannot be I'm convinced I cannot be suicidal, but I understand the feeling. I can't be suicidal because I got too many years of being a being a Catholic being raised Catholic for that to happen. But I understand that. But the one, the, one, the one remark I always remember is some people say, why are you still alive? I said, because I want to see what happens next. You know, this is why I'm still alive. This is why I keep on living. I want to see what happens next. It's very interesting. And this is the, this is the attitude you should cultivate as a GM. Because you set up the situations, they deal with it. That's the way the cookie crumbles in role-playing games. You set it up, they knock it down. You set it up, they deal with it. And my undying delight is the fact that I will set up a situation, I have no idea how they're going to react to it. No idea. I don't want to know how they react to it until it comes to the time. They could scuttle my whole story. Don't worry, I can make up for it. But I want to see, because it's fun. To me, it's fun to watch what they're going to do next. This is why you parcel out the descriptions, like I'm saying. It's just fun to watch player characters just do their thing. Uh, I've come up with, I've come up, yeah, during prep, I come up with, okay, I think this should happen. I think this scene should happen, blah, blah, blah. If it doesn't happen, I don't care. As long as, you know, they got the, they got they got the setup. Now, what are they going to do? What's the punchline? So that's the kind of to me that's the kind of attitude a GM should have, you know. Not all this. I did all this prep and it's not being used. Who cares? Who cares? Hang on to it. Use it another time in another situation. Write it down. Put it in your book. Leave it there. I've got a whole list of stuff that I wanted to do that that, that never happened. Because the players decided to do something else. And I let them. You know? And so that's the, th that's the thing about this. If you parcel out description like that, you can actually make the, it'll, it'll make the game better. It'll make them better. And that's the whole point. Like I said, like I've said before, as a GM, I'm neutral, but I'm rooting for you guys to win. I really want you guys to win. Because that's that's the whole name of the game right there. You know, for everybody. It, I win when they win. You know, we all win. I mean, that sounds kind of hokey, but 
It's it's the truth. I mean, I revel in unpredictability on their part. Now, if I'm if I'm with the group any any length of time, like my Monday group, I've been in them over 10 years. It's hard to believe, but 10, 15 years, but you know, I can pretty much pretty much gauge what the group is going to react to, what the individuals in the group. I mean, we've had some changes, but the individual group could react to. So I may play towards it. I may lean in, lean into that when I'm prepping. That's okay. I know he likes this stuff, so I'm going to put some stuff over here and stuff over here. And, uh, you know, I've done that before. For instance, my grandson, Gage, likes to, he loves to role play. And he would play, he would always play, if not a paladin, a really good guy who's the protector and all this other stuff. And he was a little, he's a little arrogant about it. That's all right. You know, they're, they're that way. But when I was running Hyperborea, I crafted one story just to test to see how good he was. And I put him up against, not against, but I mean, I had him deal with another paladin in the story who is thought he was doing good too, but apparently he wasn't. But it wasn't, it wasn't, the whole thing was he was being mind controlled. But, you know, Gage's character couldn't tell. I basically did that as a test. I wanted to see what he would do. And it was fun to watch. It was, oh, it was fun to watch. He belonged to this, he worked with this monastery who thought they were worshiping one god, but actually they were worshiping another god because they got tricked and all this other stuff. But anyway, he had a ball, I had a ball, and it's wonderful to see how his character works out. But if you don't know anything about them, it's okay too. If you don't know anything about the characters, say, or the players, I mean, maybe you're, maybe it's a new campaign, maybe it's a new group. You know, just set things up and see what happens. Now, if it's a now if it's a curb stomp on on the player's part, I can I can you know I can cope with that. I can I can make allowances, and I've always got something in my back pocket for something like that. Like I said, when you prep, you should prep like one or two scenes extra that you don't need, and pull them out of the scenario and just keep them in case things run long or short. Because I've had scenarios where I thought this 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 was going to give them a good fight and it ended in two rounds, sometimes one round. So, you know, you got to do that kind of thing. But anyway, like I said, I revel in unpredictability and parceling out descriptions helps with that because if they don't, you know, if you guys, I never, I never, ever, ever, decide that my encounters or my story beats are the best and they've got to follow them. They don't got to do nothing. It's it's called free agency. But you you get where I'm going with this. You it just parcel out the descriptions and then just watch what happens. Anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program and I would thank you. And if you want to do a single donation, you can go to my Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Saras, Juan Carlos, Llewellyn, Benjamin Brodell, John Allen Large, and Aaron. Thank you very much, guys. For other good podcasts, 
There is Dan Greggs in the Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps podcast. Daniel Norton at the Bandits Keep podcast. Randy and Joe for the Biggest Geekest podcast. Big John Allen Large's Red Dice Diaries. And Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, and let me remind you that next week... We'll my next week. I will not be doing shows as I said before. I'll be in New Mexico, but I will try and do some remote some remote stuff for when I return. So the uh, this show will return on the tenth. Anyway, until I see you folks, until I see you folks again, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.